Well, tonight's guest and our newest member of the Honky Tonk Time Machine is a guy who's proving that real traditional country music is not dead and the future of the genre is looking really bright. In fact, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite artists going today. His name is Randall King, and he joins us right now. Randall, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing tonight? Man, I'm great. How are you? I'm glad to hear it. I'm doing pretty good myself. I'm excited to have you on. <laughs> uh, I was just telling you off the air a little bit that um, I, I did a deep dive into your music around Christmas time, and I felt like I was back in the 90s. It reminded me a lot of George Strait or maybe a little Clay Walker, and you and I are pretty close to the same age, so I can't help but think that was a, a lot of your inspiration. Absolutely, man. And uh, thank you. Thank you for doing a dig on me. And Man, I, I grew up on old school country. My, my, my favorite artist is Keith Whitley. And right up George Strait, Alan Jackson. So, I mean, I, I grew up on old school traditional music, running down the roads in the 80 model freight line with my daddy, listening to guys like Electric Frizzell and Gene Watson, those guys. So, it's a, it's a big part of my roots, and that's who I am. And uh, we ain't trying to be nobody else, but <laughs> exactly who we are. And, and play that kind of music. That right there is why I wanted to have you on my show, because I feel like you're bringing that sound back. And although I've only recently discovered your music, you've been doing this for a little while, haven't you? Uh, we really started hitting it hard. Uh, 2016 is when I signed on with management. Uh, 2015, I was still booking myself, managing myself. But when we were playing, we were still playing 100 days a year and uh, just trying to build a name. And, uh, you know, so I started out in Texas and uh, – Little town called Lovett in the Panhandle, which is uh, where a lot of uh, a lot of guys started out, man. Buddy Holly, Wade Bowen, uh, Waylon Jennings, Josh Abbott, all those guys, man. And uh, our roots run deep through Texas, but we've been playing all over the country. Uh, 2016 signed on with a management company, and then we kept building, kept opening for guys like uh, Cody Johnson, Aaron Watson, Kevin Fowler, a lot of the guys from Texas that were pushing across the country. And, uh, Building our name, building my name, putting out music, and uh, I signed on with Warner Nashville in the fall of '19, and uh, we started pushing a little bit bigger on platform. Here we are today, man. We're just out there trucking, grinding it. We're yeah. doing it the hard way, building them hard ticket sales one <laughs> one at a time. Well, you're absolutely killing it in Texas right now, and I shouldn't be surprised. Now, is that where you're uh, from originally? Yeah, man. I grew up. Uh, a little town called Hereford, Texas. Yeah. Feedlot, cow town. Uh, so it's like cow feces 24-7. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a real deal, man. I grew up I grew up out there hauling hay with my dad. I come from uh, four generations deep of truck drivers and, uh, and cool. hay haulers. And uh, that's where I grew up, man. That's where I spent my life, West Texas. And I, have, I haven't really moved out, man. Well, we got that in common. My dad's a truck driver, too, and every town around here smells like cow feces 24-7. So. <laughs> Missouri is a little bit cleaner than that. We can sneak it up with the best of them, but I don't necessarily consider that a bad thing either. Another thing we have in common is we're both big football fans. In fact, I saw you were pulling for our Kansas City Chiefs on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Chiefs fan, man. I started following them. So it's been Dallas Cowboys in Kansas City for me. Uh, I'll be from Texas. It's it's hard not to be a Cowboys fan, yeah. uh, but you know there's a deep history of the, with Kansas City that ties back into Texas, as they originally the Dallas Texans. You know, Trent Green, Priest Holmes, Dick Vermeil era. Once they picked up Andy Reid, it was game over. Man, I love Andy Reid. Of course, they drafted my Texas Tech Red Raider quarterback, <laughs> so had to 
had to absolutely support all that. So Yeah, and the Super Bowl might not have gone their way, but something tells me they'll be back sooner than later. Getting back into your music, I've heard a lot of talk coming out of Texas that you are the next George Strait. I mean, you talk about high praise, but also a hell of a lot of pressure. What goes through your mind when you hear that? Honestly, man, it's a, it's really just a high compliment. That's that's the way I like to take it. I yeah. take it as a big compliment. I don't take it as I got to fill everybody's boots. Uh, we're out here making our own path. I'm absolutely not George Strait. There's <laughs> there's a rough edge, Waylon Jennings type of a of a vibe to me. Um, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm 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 a bigger fan of Keith Whitley than than anything, and yeah. uh, I like I mean the, the the comparison for my music to George's is obviously uh, it's, it's incredible. The fact that people even think that I just heard your your cover of uh, "Tell Lori I Love Her" from Keith Whitley, incredible. I, I absolutely loved it. Thank you. You know, that's the first time I've ever even played that song. Uh, I, I love that song. Somebody asked for me to cover it, so I did it for him. And I mean, that song is in my top three Keith Whitley songs. But uh, I love it. It's 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 a very personal song for. Uh, Keith, obviously, so it's it's hard to cover it. Right. So so much emotion behind that song, if you know the story. So that's one that's hard to make your own. But like I said, you, you did <laughs> did an awesome job of it. Um, you got a a new EP out right now. It's called Leanna. Every song on it is fantastic. But let's start with the title. Obviously, that's something that means a lot to you. Uh, Leanna is the name of your sister, who tragically. You lost uh, almost a year ago, I think. It was last, last April, right? Yes, sir. It's weird to think that that was almost a year ago. Um, yeah, my uh, my sister passed away in April due to uh, long-term complications of gastric sleeve surgery that she had back in 2013. And uh, my sister was everything to me. She was a big part of the reason that I have the drive that I do for music, the, the love that I have for music. And I didn't really realize those things until she was gone, how much she'd really influenced me as an artist. Uh, she introduced me to Dirks and Bentley's first three records, which, are, I mean, all three of those records were my top five of all time for me. That's what I grew up on. It's, it's what made me who I am. Uh, I lived those songs. And uh, her influence on me was just was astronomical in, in who I am today and, and who I am as an artist. And, I'd write songs, and she'd be the first person that I'd send to the song, I'd send to the work tape right there, those little iPhone voice memos that we do after we write. She'd be the first person to get them. I was always looking for her approval on things. and uh, It's hard not to have that, and I wanted her to remain a piece of my music forever. So the night that she passed, I was sitting in her Jeep out in West Texas looking up at the stars, trying to find the words to say, and and what what my next step was in life and I thought about I thought about these three songs the first three songs on the EP we had already recorded them we were going to come out in the spring with uh, with those three songs and there wasn't anything really deep tying them into tying those songs together other than it was just part of my personal history um the things that I struggled with growing up from depression and anxiety to the early struggles of my career to uh, one of my good friends that I wrote Hey Moon about, uh, him and his daughter. Uh, the fact that the fact that he was going through some things with his ex-wife, couldn't see her. I, 
and I wrote I wrote that for him and his daughter. Uh, and I kept sitting there thinking about those three songs and how hard they tied into me. And then it kind of hit me that all all three of those songs tied into my sister as well. And uh, I guess she was always there every step of the way for me. Uh, she had my back when I was going through all my depression in high school. Uh, she was, was looking out for me. Hey, Moon was her song to her daughter because she was the first person I sent that song to. You know, and, and then Around Forever is obviously about the fact that you better hold on to your loved ones because we, we really ain't going to be around forever. You don't know when their time's going to come. And then the fourth song on the EP is called I'll Fly Away, which is my version of that of that song. It's my, my version of that cover. That's the song that I sang my sister home to choose this to, man. I was blessed and privileged to be able to sit there in the uh, in the room with her for about an hour when she was passing. And I played her a little concert, and then I called my dad. I was the last last one to get to visit the family. I called my dad, and he came in to be with her as they pulled the plug and let her go. And me and my family gathered around this big oak tree sitting outside of her, her hospital room. And my dad put us on speaker phone, laid, this, laid the phone by our head, and me and my whole family sat outside singing gospel songs, and that was one of them. It was the very last song that we played before my dad came out. I said that she was gone. So I wanted to make sure that that song made the record, because it's especially as, as it is to me, I've already seen so many DMs, so many private messages from people telling me how important that song is to them and how they've used it to lay their family members to rest. And that's an incredibly special thing. I've known that song my entire life. It's roots go way back. And I've always liked that song. I've always enjoyed that song. I've never heard it sung the way you sang it. And, and what I mean by that is the style in which you sing it I like, you know, because it's traditional country sounding, but also the emotion that you put into it. You can tell there's a story there. Even if you don't know the story, you can tell there's one there. And I just want to compliment you on, to me, the best version I've ever heard of that song. Man, thank you very much. I, well, <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. We just wanted to do it justice for her. I, I believe we did. It's always been a song that, you know, I've enjoyed listening to, but not one that I ever necessarily wanted to listen to on repeat until until your version came out. It was pretty cool experience getting to record it. Um, we, booked a, we booked a separate session just for that song, and uh, I sat down, I, I handpicked all the musicians to play on it, and it was, it was all guys that uh, have recorded my music since I started coming up here to Nashville. Uh, most of them recorded on the self-titled record. Um, all the new stuff that we've been doing, the... This EP, uh, the last EP, they recorded on them all, and uh, they're special guys to me, man. They got they got a lot of heart and soul, and I sat them down before we went to record that song, and I told them the story of my sister and why I chose them, and uh, you could feel you could feel the energy shift in the room that day, and you can hear you can hear how much passion there is even in the players in that song, and uh, I just remember. When I got done singing vocals, I just had to sit down and cry for a little while, man. I mean, there's there's a lot of heart in that song. It was a special thing to be a part of. It's something you'll never you'll never forget. But my sister lives on forever in my music because of 
that EP because my label in Nashville gave me a, gave me a chance to uh, do what I want to do, and I got behind it 100. And I'm between them and my management company, I'm forever grateful, man. So thank you as a PD for listening to my music and, and supporting it and playing it, man. It means a lot to me. You talk about the uh, the oak tree. I, I'm just putting this together, but isn't there a, a big tree in, in the music video for that song? I guess there's some symbolism behind that. Yeah, there. Uh, the guys that did the music video, um, <laughs> the whole thing, man, from the music video to recording and everything just was really an incredible process. And honestly, a really great healing process for me. Uh, the guys that did the videos, all four of them, uh, drove down from Nashville to be with me in West Texas to film these things. Uh, we filmed everything right there around where I grew up, uh, between Canyon, Texas, Hereford, and Amarillo. Uh, it all tied right into my roots and my history. And they knew they knew what this project meant to me and why why we did it the way we did. Almost, almost all four of them had, had recently lost uh, a parent. And uh, it the project meant a lot to them too because of that. And uh, little things kept happening, man. Uh, we would we would have a destination scheduled, and we would have a whole plan figured out, and then something would happen, and plans would change last minute. But the way that they changed, it just tied into my history even more. Um, our original destination for a couple of the video shoots was going to be in Hereford, and then. Last minute, a plan change happened, and we filmed right out, right out off uh, the exit off of the highway that I used to travel every single day going home from Lubbock in college to my house. And it was just little things like that just kept happening, and it was, you knew it was her. Yeah. <laughs> you knew it was her and God moving through that and, and making it even more special. Was, but that oak tree that was out in Canyon, and they found that last minute and picked it. And it was the coldest day I've ever shot a music video. I think you can see in the video uh, my face is <laughs> solid red and I think uh, there were several times that like my own snot would freeze out of my nose. We had to stop. <laughs> it was cold. It was real cold. It was great, man. Great experience. Well, like I said, it's a beautiful song and a beautiful video, but you know that that's just one of, of the four on the project. The next one I want to talk about is one you mentioned in Hey Moon. I'm listening to the song, and I'm like, oh, this is a cool song to sing you know, about your lover. And then I realized, well, that's not what it's about at all, is it? Uh, and it kind of takes you maybe through about halfway through the song before you realize it, and it's like, wow, that's, that's really cool. It was kind of a cool little twist, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I can always tell the people that uh, didn't really listen to the song or they didn't get all the way through it, <laughs> and they, then they do a review on it. There's, there's been a couple people that did a review on it. <laughs> Y'all didn't listen to that song. <laughs> you just listened to the first 30 seconds. You, you almost uh, got me on that one. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, man, I wrote that with a guy named Mark Nessler, uh, incredible writer up here in, in Nashville. Uh, he wrote Just to See You Smile, uh, Living, Living Well. Cool. Uh, great, great writer, man. We sat there, and uh, my buddy in back in Texas in Lubbock, uh, his name's Danny Sodra. He was a, a great friend of mine, a great father, and was just going through a bad time with his ex-wife and wasn't able to see his, his kid and uh, had to go through court systems and things, you know, typical typical divorce type things. And uh, to not be able to see your daughter for 60 days because of all that was just 
incredibly heartbreaking and, and, and incredibly hard on him. And I've, I've never quite seen anything break a man like that. And uh, in that time frame, I sat down and I wrote that song, Hey Moon, for him and his daughter. And I sent it to him. And, uh, man, you, you talk about Keith Whitley vibes. That <laughs> That's exactly what we were aiming for when we recorded that song. And uh, I was like, I want to be able to compare this to L.A. to Miami. That's what I told my my uh, engineer and my producer. And they're like, all right. So we sat there and A.B. it up. And, man, it sounds like you can pull it right off L.A. to Miami. I love yeah. that song. I love it too. It's one of my favorites, and and the music video for that one kind of switches the roles a little bit, though. It's it's the woman who is has lost custody, and I thought that was a nice little twist too. You kind of yeah, changed man. it up on us there as well. We did that because that song became my sister's song for her daughter. Uh, she didn't go through an ugly divorce or anything, you know. But anytime you get anytime you get a separation like that, and the kid has to split time, there's always going to be time lost from a parent, and and that separation is just. Uh, it can really be heartbreaking on a parent, and it was for her, for sure. And uh, you know, like I mean, her her ex is a great guy. There's very very no problems with that. It's just you're talking about the loss of time, and uh, I think that that song reflects well for all those parents. And I hope that it gives them a little bit of a peace when they're not with their kid. Yeah, I think any parent, especially one who's gone through a divorce, can can relate to that song. So, and then the last one I want to talk about from the EP is, of course, around forever. I sent a message to you a while back. I don't know if you got it. I hope you did that. I think this is the best country song that I've heard in the last, I don't know, 20 years or so. I think that highly of this song, um, just a fantastic piece of work. Tell me about the, the the making of this one. Wow. That's a compliment. Thank you. I really Uh, do believe that. I can't thank you enough for listening to it, man. Hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a a single soon. I, I personally love that song. Um, I wrote it originally with, a guy named with a couple guys, Will Will Bundy and, and Josh Miller, and uh, a couple young guys up here in Nashville. They're great writers, and uh, we sat there. We didn't have an idea. We started just messing around with it, and uh, Josh had this idea called Around Forever. And I was like, man, I dig that. And I started sitting there picking on guitar. We started writing the thing, and uh, we got to the very end of it, and we were like, concept-wise, we wanted to make sure that the point got across that you need to take the time to be with the people that you love. And I told a story of, you know, we've, we've been playing 150 shows a year for the last four years. Uh, and then gone an additional probably a hundred on top of that. So we haven't really been around our family a whole lot. The, the biggest times that I get to see my family is really the holidays. If they come to shows. So, I was gone. It was about a two, or, two or three months. I think it was a three-month stretch that I went. We were we were just working so hard and running so hard that I didn't I didn't see my dad for about three months. And I came home one day to see him. And my dad always had this really pretty light brown hair. And he just went solid gray from his beard to his hair. There was there was just a little bit of a hint of brown left. And you could see how old he'd gotten just in those three months. And I told that story with him. I was like, we got to include something along those lines. And uh, Josh Josh sat there and said, uh, Daddy used to throw me in the sky like I was Superman. And I said, you know, it's funny. Because looking back now, that's who I thought he was back then. It's just those two lines, I think, are the best two lines in the whole song. It, I think it really reflects 
across the board to everybody that that, that has has a parent that they love and or any loved one that that they've lost. Um, I think it's just a strong message of hey, go out there and take that time, man. You gotta literally live it while you got it. I think anybody can relate to at least one part of that song. Uh, I know for me, I'm listening, and first verse, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then the second verse is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm living that right now. And then the third verse is like, oh, man, I'm about there, too. And for me, it was more with my mom. And I kid you not, I had just downloaded a bunch of your music, and I was going through it on my way home from work one day, and that song came on, and I stopped at my mom's house. I just had to see her, and you're not the first person to write a song like that, but for whatever reason, that's the one that actually moved me to to take action. So whether it's your mom, your dad, anybody who you're thinking about, maybe you haven't seen in a while, that message of, you know, make that stop or make that call really shines through in this song, and I love it for it. Absolutely. Make a call, man. And especially in times like right now when people are just being isolated from their families because of everything that's going on, it's, it's just a ridiculous time that we're in. Man, I've heard... I've heard some horror stories over over this last year. People not even getting to say goodbye to their loved ones, and that's that's heartbreaking. Yeah, not not being able to be in the room with them as, as they pass. I mean, and honestly, you know, Leanna was that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I went in the room because that was horrible for my father. But uh, even then, at least I always got to go in the room and, and say my goodbyes for an hour, and uh, to have that and, and get at least get to know that I got to physically touch, kiss him on the forehead, and say goodbye. That meant everything in the world to me. And my heart breaks for the people that couldn't do that this year with their families. And uh, it's been one hard year, and all I want is this. Uh, all I want is a CP to give someone healing the way it's given me healing. Now it already sounds like it has. It's something special. Now, another thing I love about the song, Randall, is life spins like a haggard record. That is gold. Did you come up with that yourself? Yeah, that was my life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Haggard. I'm a big Haggard fan. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good stuff. And I follow you on Twitter, and I see a lot of people kind of tweeting that at you as well. You know, I, I think a lot of people like that one. Man, thank you. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully it's the next single. That's we'll see what the, we'll see what fans do with it. It's streaming pretty well right now. So. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope so. We'll add it in a heartbeat if it is, and we're gonna play it during the show if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, please, man, please. I didn't, I didn't think you would. No, <laughs> you play, you play whatever you want to play. About, man. More than welcome to. Well, that said, you do have a bunch of other songs that I just love of yours. I'd like to talk about some of those if you've got time. I'm, I'm here for you, dude. Well, how about Mirror Mirror? Then this is one of the countryest songs I have heard in a long time. I mean, that is pure country music. Tell me about that one. So, being from Lubbock, I started out in this little bar called the Blue Light Live. It's right there off Buddy Holly Avenue uh, in the Depot District. And that's where a bunch of guys in Texas have started out uh, in the scene. Wade Bowen, uh, Josh Abbott, William Clark Green, uh, Cleto Cordero from Flatland Cavalry. There's this Red Shahan. So many, so many guys have started out there. And uh, there's a huge, it was a huge music change in, in, in the scene in Lubbock. There was, there was about a 10-year, 15-year span where you just watched artist after artist come out of Lubbock. And it started, really started with Pat Green and Corey Morrow. Yeah. Well, that's only been around for about 15 years. And so there's a, there's a big brotherhood amongst songwriters and artists out there because we're all so close. And Josh Abbott and William Clark Green started a, a little 
group called the 806 Campfire. 806 being the uh, area code for Lubbock. Okay. And one week out of the year, like all these songwriters, we go out to uh, a, a ranch in Steubenville, Texas, this Larry Tethers Ranch, uh, where he does this big festival. And uh, we go down there. We spend a week at a time, and we sit there and drink beer and write country music. And, uh, and the first year we did it was 2017. And uh, a good friend of mine named Brandon Adams, he he came out and he said, hey, man, while we're here, I want to write a song with you. I mean, it's an ride it with somebody that's really country. And he goes, I've, I've tried riding it with somebody else before. It didn't work. He goes, I want to ride it with you. I'm like, okay. So we went out, got him a tel- the tailgate in my truck. And we're sitting out there in open pasture. And uh, he pitched mirror, mirror to me. And I was like, uh, yeah, dude, we got to write this song. <laughs> like, we got to write it right now. So we sat there, we started scratching it out, and we are like, verse and chorus, maybe, into the song. And in Nashville, when you write with somebody in a room, you shut the door and essentially lock it, because really, if anybody just comes in the room while you're writing, they can legally have the right to say that they threw a line or they said something that they influenced the song, oh. and they can get a third of the right. So normally in Nashville, you shut the door and keep people out. <laughs> uh but when you're riding on a tailgate in open pasture and there's a bunch of musicians around, pretty much anybody can walk up, which is what my buddy Dalton Domino did. Walked up with a cigarette in his mouth, came up. He wrote the second verse, and I kept one line out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets a third with one line, and I've, I've definitely paid his car bill before. <laughs> which line was that? Uh, Show me her in the early fall. That was oh. his line. Man, that's a good line, too. It was a great line. Yeah. I was like, man, that's too good. I can't not keep that. Uh, yeah, I love, I love that dude, man. He's, he's great. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that song was just country to the core, man. As soon as he said those first lines, that, mirror the mirror on the wall. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're running that. Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> that's awesome. That's an awesome story. I love it. Now, another one that I love of yours is Another Bullet. For nothing else, the story it tells um, about how the cowboy life is kind of leaving us, if not already gone. That song was actually a challenge for my uncle. My uncle writes poetry, and he started writing songs. He texts me and goes, I think I can write a better song than you. I said, all right, game <laughs> on. So he sent me an article that was written by a WT student about an old cowboy from West Texas named Tom Blassingame. And Tom was like the last known true like cattle drive cowboy they worked out on the Goodnight Ranch. We're down the Goodnight Ranch up there and uh, in, around Amarillo. And he was like, he was a real deal. And he was born on the back half of of that cowboy life. So he watched the cattle drive go away. He watched fences go up. He watched modern civilization become what it is today. Television, all those things. Uh and he hated it. So he lived out five days a week on that ranch with no electricity in an old shack and lived, lived his way of life. And he, on the weekend, he'd go in town and be with his wife. But he, I mean, he, the story goes that he went up, leaned up against this tree, tipped his hat down low, took his final breaths, and just died on that ranch because he was ready to go. So, I mean, it was a hell of a story. And my uncle wrote a song based on it, and then I wrote another bullet. Wow, and that song got me me. It got me my 
management company. It got to be my booking agency, which in turn led to my label and where I am today. Really? I be who I am without that song. That was the song that, that did it, huh? That's the song. That's cool. It took me six months. I was I was on radio tour in Texas, and I was just driving around Texas and writing that song, trying to get my name out there. It's pretty inspirational. We've got a segment on my show because <laughs> I'm, I'm – uh so interested in in the cowboy life and cowboy songs and things like that i have a segment on my show called the cowboy poetry song of the night it's kind of inspired by a scene in the movie eight seconds but i think this will be a perfect for that for that segment that's awesome Mom, please do i think it will next i gotta ask you about hey cowgirl and and fans of k103 will be uh, probably more familiar with this one because we played that that was uh, i think your your last single that came out another one that really got a good reaction around here i thought people seem to really enjoy hey cowgirl yeah that was my first uh well, it was the second song we released nationally on radio uh it hit, went all the way to 30 and uh was a huge huge deal for me man uh never been on national radio it's been a dream of mine since i was a, a kid to hear my own voice on radio and, and have people listen to my music and I wrote that one with Mark Nestler as well, and a guy named Bryce Long. And uh, there's plenty of songs out there about cowboys, uh, plenty of beer dream songs, hell-raising songs, honky-tonk songs. There just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of songs that represent the cowgirl and uh, represent the rodeo queens, the rodeo girls, uh, the barrel racers, uh, all of it, man. And... uh, we wanted to give them their own song. And that's what this is. It's a tip the hat to the cowgirl. Got the Amarillo by Morning line in there, which is a nice callback yeah. to George Strait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fun, fun part about that song is live, you can change out that line once in a while. Yeah. I played uh, Cheyenne Frontier Days, and I changed it from uh, a George Strait song. I can still make Cheyenne. Yeah. <laughs> Crab went crazy. That's, that's, that's hot. Play Fort Worth and you sing Fort Worth, cross your mind. Yeah, all that, man. <laughs> That's good. that all day. Well, and then right before that, you put out She Gone, which is one that just gets up and kicks you right in the face, and that's a good thing. You know, radio stations are always looking for tempo songs, and that's what we were looking for when you put that out. I love that song. That's a that's a that's a one she got her window down and her finger up. She said goodbye, son. <laughs> she gone. Now, we've only had two so far, you know, national radio hits, but that that's the song of yours that we've gotten the most requests for. Um, I, I think that one really? resonated with, with this part of the country for one reason or the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's middle America, man. And y'all got them, y'all got them wild girls who like to say goodbye. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you write that one, too? I did. I wrote that with a guy named Chris Stevens. And it was originally, I think, the demo of it was uh, – I think about 10 to 15 BPM faster than the song that recorded. We had to slow it down quite a bit. Oh, wow. <laughs> we we drank a lot of coffee on that ride. <laughs> we were jacked up pretty good. So I think we wrote it pretty fast. So we got the studio. And you know it's fast when the drummer that's a rock drummer goes, <sighs> after the first time you run it through, <laughs> takes a big deep breath and says, hey, man, can we, can we slow this thing down a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, we'll slow it down. Well, I'm telling you, everybody listening right now, whether it's live on the radio or on our podcast playback, check this guy's music out because there's so many other other songs I'd like to ask him about, but we simply just don't have time to do it. I do need to ask you this though: you've been fortunate enough to, you know, keep your tour going in Texas. So, you know, what do you got next? What's coming up next for you? Um, we just finished up an album. 
Uh, I think we're looking at the third quarter. Uh, once once the country starts opening back up, we can do things real safe again uh, and really start pushing things. We'll we'll start dropping. Uh, I think a couple seconds off off the next record that'll be coming out uh, either the fall of this year or early 2021. So right now we're going to tour, uh, keep touring safely on uh, and promoting the NAP and. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've been able to go through and kind of fall, fall right in that category where we can play some of these uh, lower capacity seated massed events that uh, for a little bit higher ticket price and, and give people a little bit of hope and and get their minds off the chaos that the world is in right now and uh, do it safe. And dude, we've actually we've been the heaviest touring band uh, in country music, at least. Uh, in 2020, so we're going to keep doing that. Keep doing it. Keep 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 playing where people are safe and keep a little smile on people's face, man. Yeah, I mean, I was I was looking at your tour dates and I was trying to see, man, where's the closest you're coming to me so I can maybe get out and see. I think you're coming to Arkansas one time. You'll be in Nebraska another time. So maybe one of those dates, I'll have to swing out and, and check out your live show. Absolutely, man. I think we have a Springfield, Missouri. Uh, oh, do you? At, at some point. Yeah, that one kept getting rescheduled. I think I think that one might be uh, late spring or summer. I'm not okay. sure. Well, that'll be the one but, then. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> all right, cool. I'll I'll definitely come out for that. Like I said, I, I love everything about you. You're a Cowboys fan. You're a Chiefs fan. You got the thin blue yeah. line decal on your guitar. Uh, Always. Man. <laughs> I, I I just love it. So uh, I, I really appreciate you spending some time with us. Hey, well, thank you very much, brother. I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for talking to me for so long and. Honestly, thank you for finding me and listening to my music, man. That means a lot to me. That's a, that's a hell of a thing. Randall King, everybody. Randall, thanks again for coming on. Hey, thank you, brother. We'll talk. We'll see you soon, man.